We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Sorcerer's Minute, the first season of our Harry Potter podcast where we analyze the films one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Victoria Laguna. And today we're talking about Minute 2. Minute 2. Minute 2 starts with Dumbledore continuing to put out the lights on the street with his Deluminator and ends with McGonagall asking, do you think it wise to trust Hagrid with something as important as this? Uh, I kind of want to start with the continuation of the lights going out, um, as we were watching a minute before mm-hmm. recording. I didn't notice, I thought that the light, as he clicks the put-outer, um, I thought that the light was being absorbed by it, but it's not, like, not exactly, because after he puts out the next, like, six or seven lights, we see... That it's just uh, the flame has continued to grow in size right. on the end. So now he has this lighter that has this massive, like, blowtorch size flame extending out. Like, the light's not sparks of electric. Like, it's it's changing phases of math. Like, it's super weird. It's super weird because it goes from being, like, an electric current to, like, an actual, fl- like, a ball of light. Like, like as if it's not. Yes. Well, yes. Like, f- like, a flame on the end of a cigarette lighter. And not like the light from a wand, even or a uh, street lamp. Um, and then, of course, he he puts it he he puts it out. It like then it sort of gets sucked up into the whatever. Do we see? We don't even see him casting the light back out later. Um, right. That's in a few minutes. They don't. They don't cut to that. And we'll we'll talk to that. Uh, we'll talk about that, I guess. But so we see the continuation of that. And then, and then Dumbledore continues to make his way down the street, and we see a cat. And we saw this cat last minute. We don't know who the cat is quite yet. I mean, we're going to find out right now. But I have an issue here, and it's been stressing me out for a couple <laughs> weeks since we've like started talking about doing this movie. I know, and I still can't really like. I understand from a screenwriting perspective. I would guess, like. You're a kid, and you're sitting in this in, in a movie theater, and you don't know who these characters are, and so it's just a cat. And we pan by the cat, and the, oh no, we don't even see we don't even see it. We hear, we hear the cat meow at Dumbledore. And I understand that, like, if this was just a cat, right. or if I knew that, or if I thought that this was just a cat. I would expect this cat to meow. Like, it's it's a cat. Just, Dumbledore gives it attention. Like, of course it makes noise. It's a cat. But I know, I know McGonagall. And I know that she's a very respected, very, I don't want to say stern, but she definitely carries herself with a lot of... She's serious. She is. 
And the thought of McGonagall meowing at Dumbledore really bothers me. <laughs> it really bothers me. Oh my me. gosh. Um, it, it's just, it, it seems so out of character. Like, I don't imagine that, I don't think that, I guess we'll talk more about Animagi later. Um, but I would assume that while they're in animal form, they can't, like, I guess the only way for her to make, like, she's not going to speak. She's not going to say, like, hey, Dumbledore. Like, she doesn't want to, like, you know, just in case someone's listening. She literally transforms on the street. I don't think she's worried about someone listening, like, hearing this cat say, hey. Hey, what's going on? (laughs) Headmaster. Look look down here. No. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, it yeah. just seems so. It seems it undignified. Seems, it does. It seems so undignified. It's like the way that I would meow at my cats. Like not, I wouldn't. Not at Dumbledore. It's so silly, and he knows that she's there. He's already walked past her. He looked at her. Like I don't think she needed to draw any more attention. I think it's it is purely for the audience. Um. So Minerva meows. Yes. And then we watch as her shadow that's cast on the wall behind her transforms from the shape of the cat to McGonagall. Which I think is a really cool transformation. Uh, we get an even better one later in the Transfiguration classroom. But I think that this is, it's really cool because you definitely get that sense of, oh, like, this cat is a person. Right. Um. But I, uh, I don't know. I definitely think it's fun. And then we see the two of them join up. She she greets him as headmaster. Does she call him Dumbledore in this minute? He calls her Professor McGonagall for sure. Yes, definitely. I think she only calls him headmaster. We'll have to go back and I'll correct it tomorrow if I'm wrong. But I think she just calls him headmaster. So we still don't know who he is. Is the Deluminator, is that just a movie thing? Because I remember it once being called the put-outer. It, it evolved. The Deluminator is the term they use, I think, whenever Harry, uh, uh, no, whenever Ron receives it as a gift in uh, Half-Blood Prince. Oh, yes. Is it Half-Blood Prince that they dispense the will? Because they use it to him in his will. Mm -hmm. Oh, what? Or do they get it in Deathly Hallows? Ron receives it in... Like, I know that the, that all three of the gifts are important to Death. Yeah, it's gotta be Deathly Hallows, because we don't hear about the Tales of Beetle the Bard in parts, in, 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 in Half-Life Prince. That's true. So it takes them over yeah, a year to dispense Hallows. his will. Yeah. We gotta get things But they call it a Deluminator then. Okay. Um. I'm fairly certain. Uh, I, I'd have to, I haven't read those books in over a year. Um. Put Outer sounds nice. It's just a, we don't even get the name put out, we don't get a term for it in this movie at all. Um, they don't say what it is, it's just, oh, this is magic. And it's a very different kind of magic than anything else we've seen. I know we talked about this a little bit last minute, but, um, there aren't, we don't see a lot of, like, contraptions that are magical. Um, anywhere else in this movie, the majority of the time that we see magic is produced by a witch or a wizard. Uh, it's not its own device. I, I get the impression that, like, you, that anybody could use the put-outer. Right. Uh, like it's the, the device it's itself device. has magic. Mm-hmm. 
It's not. It's not him. Well, and that's exactly what this is. We're way ahead of ourselves here, but this is exactly what um, um, Arthur Weasley's job is is yes. like magical artifacts. Right. I don't know. I find that very, very interesting. So, so as you're talking, she says, um, she asks him if the rumors are true. She seems very distraught. It, it, it definitely gives me the impression that something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore, of course, says that yes, the rumors are true. Uh, and then she asks, "What about the boy?" So this is the first time we hear mention of our hero, our 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 main protagonist. Um, we she she calls him the boy. He's still like barely not an infant. He's like a toddler. He's not an infant. How long is infant? He's like fifteen months. Right when we looked this up before, yes, uh, I wouldn't consider that an infant. I mean, that's still, but, still wouldn't call him but a not, toddler. but not a toddler either. Well, he's, a baby. A, he's a baby. He's a baby. He's just a baby. Oh, he's a baby. Is uh, well, well, we won't even see him for a couple minutes, but uh, we get mention of the boy, and and Dumbledore says that that Hagrid is bringing him. So here we go. We get another name in this minute. Uh, we hear Hagrid for the first time, mm-hmm. um, and we won't see him until tomorrow, but. Uh, McGonagall seems distraught. She uh, here we go. I'm using that word twice. Uh, she she asks if he's sure that they can trust Hagrid with something as important as this, and that's where the minute ends. But uh, we we get the impression, I think, from that line that McGonagall doesn't necessarily have a lot of trust for Hagrid. No, it doesn't appear so. And I wonder, I wonder what that is like. I definitely don't get the impression that Hagrid is oafish. He's definitely not a Hodor type. No, definitely not. Um, he might just, I mean... He's a little loose-lipped. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about that. Um, way later as well. But it's interesting to me that, that, that they're distance from each other. And I guess that makes sense, but we don't really ever see McGonagall and Hagrid interact. No. Like, ever. Well, oh, there's... There were scenes that I can think of way later when the Death Eaters are assaulting the school at the very, very end of Order of the Phoenix. Because, in the book at least, um, she and Hagrid are both Harry can see both she and Hagrid on the grounds um, while the Death Eaters are, like, stunning professors and people, and he, like, goes to protect her because she gets hit with the stupid fire. They bounce off his skin. We'll talk about about Hagrid tomorrow, because I was doing some research on Hagrid, and there definitely seems to be more to to him than we're ever given. Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. Which I'm really excited for. I definitely wouldn't consider. I I think that her distrust here is is absolutely misplaced. I mean, we'll see him tomorrow, and it's super touching. I I really love Hagrid so much. He's probably one of my favorite characters in the series. Um, I think that's it. Do you have anything good for this minute? We we get Maggie Smith for the first time. We didn't really talk about her. Love at Maggie all. Smith. She's a great actress. Um, I haven't. I don't think I've seen a lot else that. She, I mean, a lot of these people are really well-renowned British 
actors and actresses. Uh-huh. So they're definitely oh, yeah. out. This is my first introduction to any of yeah, them. Yeah, uh, J.K. Rowling was very adamant about making sure everybody cast for this movie was British. Oh, for sure. Uh, she almost accomplished that, I believe. Uh, there's one person in there who's like Scottish or Irish or something okay. or other. Uh, and Vern Troyer is, uh, plays somebody in Gringotts, but he's dubbed over with Warwick Davis's voice. How interesting. So, is he the head goblin? Well, Warwick Davis is the head goblin, right? I think so. But I guess but there's another one that he One of the ones. Okay. Yeah. He voiced it, but it's Vern Troyer's body. Interesting. Because I guess there's not very many uh, little people actors. Gringotts is like half an hour away, so we'll talk yeah, about yeah, that later. Yeah. So... So that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Um, Wanted everybody to be British, so there absolutely. You go. Well, no, and it definitely adds to the atmosphere of this because we know that it takes place in Britain. Like, like in like less than fifteen minutes, we'll be in London proper. Um, so it it definitely adds, I think, a lot to that atmosphere. It would, you know, it's be- better to have true British actors and actresses playing these roles than have someone putting on an accent, especially considering it's filmed in Britain. Like, I don't think it would be that hard to cast from. Right, no kidding. Yeah. Um, their studio. I, I did a little bit of research. I'm, I'll, I'll do more and actually, like, talk about it later, but their studio is um, now currently, according to the, the Warner Brothers website, the largest movie studio uh, in the UK. Damn. Um, they have the largest production uh, site. And uh, I think you can take a tour of, like, the Harry Potter sets. Um, I think they're still there. Uh, a lot of it was adapted. Uh, it, it used to be a um, a military base. Not a base, but like a, like a hangar to build planes for World War I. Uh, when I was researching it the other day. Mm-hmm. We, have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of other stuff we'll get to. I, I did a lot of... Um, I did a lot of research looking into who else was involved in the production of, of the movies, and I was reading um, about like alternate directors that they tried to that they tried to bring on, and like other people who may have become involved in the movies that then didn't, and and we'll get to that. Um, we've got a lot of time to cover, so that'll be good. I think that's it. I think that's it for this minute. How do you feel? Good. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this minute up then. Uh, you guys can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of those are going to be... I'm pretty sure Facebook will probably be Harry Potter Minute. Uh, the rest will be at HP Minute. I'm going to set them up this week so that by the time you hear this, those will be available. Um, if I'm incorrect on any of those, I'll let you know tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back and, and, and join us for minute three of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mischief what? managed. No, that, that again? <laughs> Mischief managed. <laughs> it's like, I like that.